Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly and today on The Detail... Multiple attacks on cities right across uh, the country. Uh, the Foreign Minister, uh, Dimitro Kuleba, uh, has, has just tweeted that uh, the country is under full-scale invasion uh, by Russia. Explosions have rocked several Ukraine cities after Russian President Vladimir Putin declared a special military operation in the country's east. It appears to be much more than that, with Ukrainian officials calling it a full-scale war, saying the Russian invasion has had begun. It's three months since Russia invaded Ukraine and countries around the world started imposing sanctions worth billions of dollars. The sanctions we imposed have generated two-thirds of the world joining us. The European Union and its partners are working to cripple Putin's ability to finance his war machine. The New Zealand government has unveiled its first round of sanctions targeting Vladimir Putin and hundreds of individuals and entities. Many shipping companies stopped going there and the Russian bank's international activities were blocked. Companies, big and small, started pulling out of the country in self-imposed boycotts. Beer giant Heineken is the latest major company to halt operations in Russia. McDonald's, Starbucks and Coca-Cola also recently suspending business in Russia. Just getting some news in from Apple announcing a series of moves it is taking to cut ties to Russia after the company says that they're deeply concerned about the invasion of Ukraine. In news just to hand, Fonterra says it has suspended shipments of its products to Russia while it continues to monitor developments. But not all companies have taken the step. Bostock, New Zealand, the country's largest organic apple grower, is still sending apples to Russia. It's not illegal, but many companies, including apple exporters, have pulled out at a substantial cost to their business. I wanted to make a podcast today looking at one Kiwi company that has suspended exports and one that has continued its shipments. So I approached Bostock's owner, John Bostock. He refused to talk to me. In fact, he hung up on me. In a three-line email response, the company condemned the Putin regime, but it says it backs the supply of humanitarian food shipments to Russia and Ukraine. So... Today's story is about what happened when one company did pull its Apple shipments. Here's Fresh Co partner John Mangan. I can't remember the timing, whether it was the government or whether it was the shipping companies or whether it was just the reality at the banks. So we have a programme of about 200 containers um, that we'd set up for the year. And we were, for this year, we were just into it. I think we had seven containers actually on, on the wharf in Napier loading on a vessel. As it turned out, when the sanctions were announced just after the invasion, I think three of them were already on the vessel and going, and four we managed to get off. So we got four back, but three of them went. Uh, and since then, we've stopped completely. Okay, so three of them went. What you, you just it was too late because what they were they were packed into the ship and it was too difficult. They're to on get the them. vessel with documents done, and on the vessel was on the way. Yeah, the next vessel was loaded. We pulled those ones off. And did they go to Russia? Those apples? Yes. Um, it is a it is a complex story because uh, we in our case and others might do it differently. We have an agreement with our customer that they will pay us up front. Um, which is all fine, except that our bank held the money so and sent the money back, which was a bit awkward for us. So we were unable to uh, get the funds. Eventually, the banks are all sanctioned. I mean, if you ship product up there, you've got to be able to get paid for it. 
yeah. had a willing customer. They were happy. To, they actually sent us the money, but then, unfortunately, because the banks are sanctioned, um, the banks here refused to release the funds to us, sent it back to Russia. And so you haven't been paid for those? Uh, we've, we've made some arrangements to manage to resolve some right. of the banks. So, but, but we would be unable now to um, ship apples to Russia. I, well, I think we could, but you'd really have to navigate your way through the banking system to make sure that happened. It, it is possible to do, but we've chosen for other reasons to discontinue, which is a bit sad, really. Now, before we hear about the Russian customer's response, a bit of background on Freshco, of which John Mangan is a partner. It's been selling apples to Russia for several years, and it's a decent chunk of its business. In fact, apples and pears are New Zealand's second biggest export to Russia. In 2020, they were worth $19.8 million, much less than butter at $115 million. Originally, China supplied most apples to Russia, but they banned them for phytosanitary reasons a few years back. And yeah, seven or eight years, we do a couple of hundred containers a year, what's it, uh, five to six million US dollars a year. So it's not, it's not the biggest, but it's um, it, you know it's, it's significant business. This is your company alone sending that? Uh, yes, just us. Yeah. I'm quite surprised that the market is so big, actually. Oh, I haven't got the stats in front of me. We would, we would probably be 30% of that market, so it's not that large in the context of New Zealand. But for you, a substantial market? It's a reasonable market. It's only into uh, eastern Russia through Vladivostok. It's closer. It's never been a wealthy consumer population, and the infrastructure of retail in there is is not like your um, ultra-modern supermarkets you'd even get in New Zealand. They're a bit more bulk supply, and it's a lot of second grade. So we actually send up there. It's not a... It's not a, a reject grade so much as it's not the top grade. So it's a, we call it like a class one and a half, if you like, not a class two. And it's in, in bulk bins or in bulk packs, which goes straight into large supermarket chains. And so it's reaching ordinary Russians? Oh, very much so, at, at a price level that they can afford. It has never been a, a, one of our wealthiest markets, without a doubt, that it takes significant volume of that grade of fruit, which is you know quite convenient. Okay. So it's certainly a, a lower value market, but it's a good solid market for those apples that would otherwise be thrown away or yeah. juiced. And, mm. and how difficult was it to set up that market? Uh, well, the key with any market is establishing a relationship and, and, and getting paid, especially in a market like that, which is at the, the bottom end, you've got to find the right people. It takes time, it takes visits, it takes relationships. You know, we've got a very good relationship with a, a, a good long-term customer who's honest and trustworthy. That's mm. what it's all about. In every market, that's the same, to be honest. Mm. And so that, that customer is in Vladivostok and they ours, are... Ours, ours is, yes. Yes, yeah. and, and then that, that person um, is, is in charge of distributing the apples from the port? Yes, they've got a, a, a company with a distribution um uh, outlet and we've got uh, you know trucks that deliver the product around the place and you know we've even got our own our own signs on the trucks that we've paid for um, to have New Zealand apples driving around the country. Oh, um, okay. Apples. <laughs> so the the sign is New Zealand apples, is it? It's either uh, our own brand Fresco apples or our own varieties of apples. So you begin to get an understanding of just how complicated it is to pull out of a market like this. But how difficult was the decision? 
The immediate hurdles and sanctions and two or three of the largest shipping companies pulled out and won't deliver there. But there are shipping, other shipping companies who will go there. And I, I'm sure we could probably organise a sale. It would be difficult. It would be difficult to navigate ways through the banking system and, and get paid for them, but it's probably possible. But it's, it's, we're allowed to send them. There's no, mm. there's no issue with us sending apples. Mm. So we have just chosen... Not to, for other reasons. We just, uh, for, from our perspective, we don't feel it's the right thing to do to be, um, I mean, every time you turn on television, you, you see what's happening in Russia. And, and listen, our, our customer is a good friend of ours. They're going to average everyday Russian people who probably, particularly in this part of Russia, which is as far away from the war as you can get. Uh, what else do you do? It's a, a, it's a moral thing. I, I, I don't know. We feel that there's any pressure it can be bought on the regime to stop bombing people in Ukraine, then it's going to have to come from the people. It's, it's awkward because our customers can't understand why we should stop if we don't have to stop. But oh, is that right? Is it? Yeah, I was wondering what the response of your customers has been. Uh, it, it's a bit awkward after all these years, and they are good people. And so uh, it's ongoing, but they're not happy. I guess they understand from one aspect where we're coming from, but, yeah, it's it's not easy for them. They'd mm. like to continue business. And when you say you could probably get around it if you really wanted to and, and yeah. get your products over there, yeah. there are still ships that, that go there? The logistics are difficult in that part of the world anyway, but two of the three of the largest shipping companies will, won't go there. There are other lines who will, so um, it's not impossible to get it there. It's awkward, but it is possible to deliver product. And because we've stopped it, I'm not quite sure how difficult it would be then to get your paperwork organised and that. But uh, what I do know, for instance, is that the shipping lines themselves won't accept the a delivery to Russia unless the customer guarantees to pay these warfage fees on arrival. There's all sorts of costs Mm. that need to be guaranteed. So it's become more difficult to transact the business, but that's not the reason we stopped. If it's difficult, then it's difficult for everyone. And, you know, if you persevere, Mm. you'll do better than others. But that's not why we should stop, I think. Okay, so logistically you could get there. It would be difficult. But then then there's the question of payment. Yeah, Uh, we would have to organise payment through an unsanctioned channel. And so that's possible to do. I don't, I, I don't know how you do it, but I'm sure it is possible to do. I know it's possible to do. The money would have to be coming through the USA. In most cases, we get paid in US dollars. Mm. So that physical, that, that transaction actually always has to, to transfer through an American bank at some point. So you'd have to follow the trail, make sure that was all uh, allowable. And that trade is allowable, mm. but um, it's not easy. So what have you done with the apples? I mean, how, how easy is it to switch <laughs> markets? Them or throwing them away. <laughs> it's not, well, it's, it's, no, it's not easy. We're trying to find alternative markets for that grade of apple, but uh, that's difficult to do overnight. And uh, so, no, we're not sending them. It's, it's a significant hit to us. Oh, you haven't uh, actually been able to find an alternative buyer? N- no. So the ones that were sitting on the wharf, you took them back and what, put them into juice or something? Oh, we just put them out and juice them, here. Yeah. In fact, some of them may be sitting in a cool store still down in the Hawks Bay waiting for us, us guys to find another customer, but if they don't, then 
How do you go about even finding another customer? Uh, well, we're dealing in um, 25 odd countries and 40 or 50 different customers. There's customers all around the world, and, 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 and New Zealand's in a difficult position to get stuff to, mm. but it's no easier for our competitors in Chile or South Africa. They are finding it just as hard to access um, markets, and um, there'll be a hole somewhere that we can fill for someone. And it might be one of our current customers who suddenly finds that he's short of South African grade two apples or something, and we'll pick up that business. That's just the way it works. Yeah. There, there's an element of our, our product is always going to a, a hole in the market that wasn't there the week before or the month before. Most of it's pre-programmed mm. to supermarkets around the world in modern countries, but in countries without Modern supermarket distribution, there's often opportunities arise in the Middle East and India, for instance. How hard has this been on your industry? You know, the sanctions, the the decision not to send your produce there. And I'm talking about to the Russia. Holiday. Yes. Well, it's it's hard. It's a financial hit, uh, and it'd be the same for those of us who were shipping to Russia. Some people may still continue to do it, but that's their call. I don't know how they'll transact that business or how they'll get their money out. But they'll, if they can find a way, then they'll continue with it. But it's not our choice not to. So um, it's a hit in that with those sales have gone and there's the good apples that um, we're not going to sell there. But So we'll have to sell them somewhere else or we'll have to juice them. That's the normal way of uh, the trading side of business. It's normal it is. It's the same for everyone. Are you aware of how many growers actually do send their apples to Russia? There's probably half a dozen of us at the most. Yeah, and there's some still persevering, I understand. Ourselves and Vostok were the largest, um, and he's continuing to do it. So, As an organisation, because you are part of an association, I believe, of... of um... uh, yeah, we have a, an industry body. We all pay a levy that supports an industry body to do to look after our interests on our behalf yes but that body can't really do anything about it it's outside its remit i'd say so it need it need a fairly strong mandate from everybody and it's it's probably it's mandate at the moment is probably to stay away from that sort of thing and if you wanted to if this war is ever mm. sorted out if you mm. wanted to re-establish your market there could you do yeah. that? Oh, we'd need. Hopefully, our current partner um, will survive this, and he'll. Um, uh, well, he's probably fine. The, 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 since this has happened, the Russian market has opened up to Chinese apples. Surprisingly enough, so oh. um, there were, that, That's cynical of me to say that it was because um, people have stopped shipping apples there that they've suddenly removed. Uh, um, lifted the ban on Chinese apples. So if our customers are able to access those, it will probably mean that market for us long-term will, will be diminished. Mm. We start business again if if, if they're healthy and they're, they're, um, still want to deal with us, then um, we'd, we'd probably start again. That would, but that would require some major changes in the way that Russia as a country is acting. I would have thought for us anyway. 
You heard John talk there about the Pip Fruit Industry Group New Zealand Apples and Pears. Its chairman, Richard Punter, says the organisation won't comment on Bostock's decision or get involved in individual companies' business on such a highly emotive issue. And we'll have a clearer picture of current exports to Russia when StatsNZ releases its trade data for April tomorrow. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Flo Wilson and produced by Sarah Robson. And thanks to John Mangan. Mā te wā.